they say, hey, you know, I have to turn in because you're supposed to turn in all your betting stuff for taxes anyway. Yeah. Which. (laughs) (laughs) Are you custom made, custom paid, or you just custom fitted? Welcome to another Fits with the Founder. I'm your founder, Nick. Cassie. Hello. We're back. We're back. Two weeks. Yes. It's still, we're in the, uh. The lull of the golf season. Yeah, it not is a ton. Cold, rainy, weird. Yeah, Chicago. Kind of awful, actually. <laughs> uh, we missed Halloween. Well, Halloween happened since the last time we talked. Yes. How did Halloween go? It was good. Uh, yeah. Well, except so anybody who's in the Midwest, it snowed. It did. Which sucked. <laughs> I had a seven-year-old, a five-year-old, and a two-year-old walking around in the snow. Did they all they have the, like their coats on over their? Well, costume? so the two boys did not, but the two-year-old girl. It, you couldn't tell she was Snow White. <laughs> so Well, appropriate theming with Snow White. But. Yeah, we made it to about, I don't know, let's call it 15 houses, and then and they had a blast, and then they were like, it's cold. Yeah, let's go home. <laughs> yeah, let's go home, which actually wasn't the, the worst case. It was me and my dad walking them around, so it was like, we were all like, okay, this is enough. Yeah, we had at first, so this is our first time in this neighborhood, in our new house. We were like, no idea how many kids we're going to get. All the neighbors were hyping it and being like, there's going to be so many. So we bought all kinds of candy. And trick-or-treating started at like, I don't know, five o'clock, whatever. And by like 6.15, we had had no kids. So when kids started arriving, we were just giving them handfuls of candy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. we were like the first, we went out at like four o'clock or 4.30 just because the kids were young and they were like, ah, oh, we think it's going to be small. And they were just giving our kids piles of candy. A hundred percent. Yeah. Does anyone in your neighborhood give out the full size candy bars? So our neighborhood is like all five acre lots, no sidewalks. So okay. there's no trick or treating in ours. We went yeah. over to my parents in Downers Grove and they have more of a traditional block. There was a couple of people giving out full size. I feel like that. So our next door neighbor and the people right across from us were, and I was like, we can't be the house with all of the decorations and not be giving out full size candy bars. So that's my goal next year. (laughs) I want to be that crazy person. (laughs) Yeah. Let's just say I've had enough Halloween candy. I'm finally sick of it and I don't need to see any more of it. Now it's the countdown to Thanksgiving. So you can be sick of Turkey. Yeah. But you know what? Thanksgiving. I've said this before. I might've even said it on this Thanksgiving meal is not my favorite meal. Yeah. I well. I don't eat meat. But even when I did, like I ate turkey once a year and it was just for Thanksgiving out of obligation. I'm very particular on how my cook turkeys cook cooked. Uh-huh. If I cook the turkey, then I'll like it. Do you, do you we've talked about this, I think, but do you deep fry your turkey? No, I've done it a bunch of different ways. I've now gotten away from the deep fry and I think it's just too hard to get correct. Yeah. But what I do or what I should say my wife helps with is we get uh we go to Fresh Time Market, we get a turkey that's a uh it's never been frozen. So it's basically uh-huh. fresh from the farm. And then, so it's never been frozen. Then, I mean, we pack, we put butter under the skin. We put butter over the skin. We do the Uh. whole nine yards and we cook that one in the traditional oven. Then I spatchcock one. If you ever heard that where you cut the chick, you basically cut the chicken breast in half and you smash it. So it looks like a flat chicken. Okay. uh, Sorry. turkey. Turkey. Yeah. And then we do the same thing with the butter and everything, and I smoke it. It's really interesting. Good. Yeah. Okay, so but I like, you guys see, go I like, I like, I like stuffing, mm-hmm. but I don't really. I'm not a mashed potatoes guy. Same. Yeah, I don't really. In fact, I eat more cauliflower mash, which is weird. Oh, that's good. I don't know, good. like weird, but I like it. And like, I, I, I don't know, like the rest of the cranberry stuff, whatever. I can. I like cranberry sauce once a year. I like green bean casserole a lot, but I like it once a year. <laughs> 
Yeah, <laughs> so. it's the same thing. And it, I eat it all, but it's like, I don't get excited about it. Yeah. Well, I'm sure we'll talk about this next time. Like, too, it, we get like Christmas deal, like, like we do steaks and things like that. I'd much rather just be that person. My family always did ham for Christmas and I am, I've never been ham a ham too. person, but like that was the once a year thing where like, this is pretty good, you know, like a candied right. ham or whatever. Okay, well, into golf. Into golf, Well, sorry. what golf there is. <laughs> it's um, very little. Um, we had a couple records broken and whatnot this week. So Adam Long hit 56 of 56 fairways. Who the hell the, is Adam Long? Exactly. <laughs> um, but either way, he's the first player in 31 years. By the way, we're going to talk about it, but that golf course, I might have been able to hit 56 of 56 We're also going to talk about the golf course because <laughs> people have some shit to say. But Adam Long, I mean, first player in 31 years to have basically 100% fairways in regulation percentage since Brian Clark in 1992 that Rowan dude or whatever which he's been around for a while mm-hmm. and I'm probably saying his name wrong but I'm bad with names in general uh, unless your name's Tiger Woods which by the way I don't know if you saw him caddying I did. for Charlie yeah his walk looks great he looks like he's he might walking be back. normal. Oh, yeah. Okay, I'm not gonna go that hard. <laughs> I'm not gonna go that hard. I think he might like Genesis, like whatever that is in February, I believe. Uh, his tournament that he, you know, whatever. Maybe your optimism is inspiring. Maybe. Yeah, it's the first <laughs> time I've seen him kind of walk without like a limp. Yeah, he looked pretty good. Yeah, pretty funny to watch him caddy. He said after four days, he said he was tired. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. He was like, I'm really tired from carrying this bag. <laughs> like, oh, I love it. Yeah. So Adam Long, this was at the Worldwide Technology Championship. This was, it was at Tiger's course. So L, is it El Cardinal? Something like that. Yeah. 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 I think that's I how you say it. I heard three different yeah. ways this weekend. So who knows who was right. But it's, so we'll skip around a little bit. So Kelly Craft was talking some shit about this course. This is a Tiger Woods designed course. This was open yeah. in uh, 2014. It's the first like Tiger designed course that was opened. And Kelly Craft was sitting there being like, the PGA Tour could do better picking well, their courses. You know, it's like, uh, you know, now all these big designers, whether it's Core Crenshaw, Doak, whatever, they make these more like landscapey golf courses yeah. where it's like a lot of waste area, wide fairways. Huge you know, most fairways. of the stuff is around the greens, things like that. And I get Kelly Craft's point. Like, listen, for a tour player, mm-hmm. that's not very hard. Yeah. But I still like I think like watch I, I didn't watch much of this, but I saw a little piece here or there Sunday and I was like, I probably like this golf course. Well, and I think the winning score was 27 under par. Like, yeah. that's not a tour. Event, well, I mean, you again, know? you can't get yourself in much trouble. But again, Tiger was designing a golf course that was meant for the public resort play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't and meant for it was tour. beautiful. I just think, you know, either the tour has to come up with a way to make those courses hard, which they usually can, to be mm-hmm. honest with Pin you. placement, all that. Yeah. I like seeing a lot of birdies, so for me, it doesn't bother me. Not sure why Kelly Craft wants to go after the goat, but... Well, and here's my, not to be salty or whatever, but here's my thing about Kelly Craft. Kelly Craft is literally in danger of losing his PGA Tour card. Yeah, like, I mean, that's, that's my point is, is, yeah, my point, yeah. I mean, listen, uh, we all have, you know, hot opinions and stuff. I forgot to mention on the last podcast, my hot take on Lexi was way off. Yeah. She, she played better Smoked than I expected. It, yeah. Yeah, she still played better. But, so Kelly might've had a bad, but you know, in his, in his brain on a national level, you know, if you make a comment about Tiger, you're getting coverage. hundred percent. And so it's not a great look for him because he's not good enough. Now, if John Romb would have said something like that sure. or somebody, which I don't think he would, because he's probably smart enough to know, like, why not? What What's the benefit of that? Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it was interesting. I mean, I like see, like I said, I liked seeing a lot of birdies. Yeah. It didn't bother me. They, they, they tried to get me to do the feel good story because Rowan had a friend that's like in the hospital, whatever. And, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I'm not saying anything bad. That's a terrible situation. 
but I felt like they were grasping for straws. They were trying bit. to make news where there yeah, was no right. news. I, yeah. I was like, you should have just focused on how many birdies were being made. I think, <laughs> again, I like to see them. I like two types of golf. I either want to, well, I should say three times. One is they, they all struggle. Yeah. And it's a struggle bus and they barely can get to par. Or I like to see just a shootout where somebody just makes birdie after birdie after birdie. Or the third is when you have two or three guys just duking it out. Yeah. Like those are the three ways. So I don't know why, you know, 27 under. Listen, it's fine. Hey, people want to see people make three, th- you know, three pointers. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It, and it honestly, even though it makes it feel easy, it also makes it so obvious how good those players are. If they're birdieing, 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 like amateurs aren't doing that. No. So <laughs> if I went and played El Cardon or what, however you yeah, say it, Cardinal. Yeah. I would uh, have not have done that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Okay. So we also have, again, not a ton of news this week, you guys, but there's some speculation that Rom is leaving for live and Rory did a press conference for the TGL league, which we're going to talk about. We're going to get into the league, but well, he did leave. Rom left the TGL. He did, with, he did make an announcement that it was like a time commitment that I can't. Well, cause do. it's on what Tuesday nights and mm-hmm. he lives in AZ, right. which it's and down it's in, in Florida. Ta- yeah, it's like in Tampa or something. Yep. And so it's like, I mean, I get him leaving that. I don't think that had anything to do with it. I think that's what started to draw some of the speculation of Liv. Yeah. I, I don't think John Rahm's going to Liv. No, neither do I. Even Rory, like Rory has gotten a lot more careful with his words. If you, I don't know if you read his statement, but he was very, he, he was staunch in being like, John Rahm is a PGA Tour player, but there was a lot of like, I think it's this. I would be surprised if he let, like he's gotten a little bit more careful and not making statements in case he's wrong. Yeah, I mean, listen, he could. I mean, he could go take the bag of money and run. Yeah. The lived PGA Tour thing ain't happening in 2024. They've got too much red tape. I mean, why our government gives a shit? Like right now, we have bigger problems to deal with. But that's how we operate. So it is what it is. Yeah. There, There is a, there is, I mean, I could see a John Rahm going, you know what? If they're willing to give me the bag of money and we're going to be together in 2025 anyway. Like, maybe, why not? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. I just find it hard to believe. He doesn't seem like... That kind of guy, but and what I mean by that is because I don't think it's bad if you do. I think I've been on statement plenty going, take the bag of money if you want. Yeah. You know, Brooks has said it great. I could be hit by a car tomorrow. My golf career is over. Yeah. You know, I'm taking the money. At least I'm rich. Yeah, right. I can take <laughs> the money. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be shocked by any means. I just, John doesn't seem like he has that kind of like goal to do it like the rest of them did. My issue with John going is he's chasing legacy and like, like he's chasing Seve and like, I think making this move would ruin the legacy that he's trying to build for Spaniards. So like, I just, I don't think it's the vibe for him, but who knows? Like who knows what's going to happen? Maybe that number that they threw at him is just outrageous. And he's like, I can't not do this, which is kind of the excuses people like Bryson and Dustin and all of them made is like, well, when somebody's putting $200 million in front of you, like, how do you say no to that? So I don't know. We'll see. We had uh, two players from the corn ferry get suspended for betting the PGA tour events. Actually one of them is Chicago and Vince India. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's a little younger than me, but I grew up like I was still playing tournament golf back then when I was actually halfway decent at this game. And uh, it's pretty interesting. Cause I know some, you know, I've lost touch with him over the years, but I know some friends are some people that are still friends with him. Really? I mean, we're talking like literally like $120 bet. And he got suspended for six months, six months. Yeah. It's basically, we're going to make a, we're going to make an example of you. It was, so it's Vince India and Jake Stiano, six month and three month suspensions. It wasn't even in tournaments that are things that they're involved. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it. And it was like, it was some job. I mean, I think one of the bets was like 
John Rahm to make a birdie on a par five at like the players. Yeah, with something which they were no, they're not even yeah. on the PGA tour, and they're not. But again, they they, they want to make a tour. Like I have a tour badge right over here. I've never used it, but I have mm-hmm. it year after year, and can go on tour. I have to do the same training they do. Mm-hmm. So technically, I'm not supposed to bet. Yeah, do you have you to go can, through like an integrity rule yes, training? Oh, okay. Correct. A little. Yeah, I just always say they can just take my badge. It's fine. I don't, I don't use it in any way. <laughs> well, you're not playing. You're not. I'm like, not playing, yeah. but they still make me do it. And they say that I can't because they somehow as a vendor, I could manipulate the rules. And it's like, yeah, magically. You can make John all, I, make that birdie. Yeah, I'm not. I have a tour. I have a tour badge because of SST Pure and I've never used it once and I don't plan on ever using it. <laughs> so and by the way, uh, SST Pure has nothing to do with how players just, you know, like. Oh, what am I going to do? Not peer their clubs and then they're going to fail. Yeah. No, that's yeah. not how this works. Yeah. Um, but I mean, whatever, like you said, they're making an example of them, but it's definitely making headlines. Right I just now. think it's bullshit. I, I yeah. personally think this whole betting thing, I think it's unfair that like these tours can make money off the advertising of betting sites and then the players can't, can't take it. Bet. I yeah. understand like if you can't bet on the sport you play. So why don't you regulate it? If I were like these, if I were these like betting companies, what I could do, you could, you know, this could all be tracked. It's very easily mm-hmm. digitally. They say, Hey, you know, I have to turn in cause you're supposed to turn in all your betting stuff for taxes anyway. Yeah. Which, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so yeah, I wonder how many people actually do that. But uh, my point is, is, I mean, they could just force, like if you're on the tour, you have to turn in your betting. And if there's any betting on any, you know, of on your sport, then you're out. It's weird. Like a football, like, like players can do fantasy sports now. Yeah. But they originally couldn't. Now they can do that. I just think it's like to penalize two guys that are barely making it on the current ferry tour, like for six months, like that's pretty harsh. Yeah, I agree. I, I agree with you that, so this is kind of how I used to feel about marijuana where it's like, who like got to regulate who, it. Yeah. Regulate it, get taxes from it, do whatever you got to do. But like I, the rule shouldn't be there in the first place. But the other side of me is the goody two shoes, like non rule breaker person who is like, if a rule exists, even if it's stupid, but if a rule exists, you should follow it. So like I see both sides where it's like the integrity rule is in place. You knew better. You know not to do this and you did it. So you should get in trouble. But the other side of me is, is with you where it's like, wh- why do we care? Yeah. So, well, I just think you, you just pigeonhole and I just, I don't, it's yeah, it's dumb. again, I'm not saying, I'm not trying to condone sports gambling, but sports, we, we've basically said as a country, we're okay yeah, with we're it. Yeah, we're fine with it now. And so it's like, okay, if that's where we're at, then we need to come up with better ways to regulate it or we just need to say no. Yeah, correct. But if you say no, you're not going to get the tax dollars and it's going to ultimately happen anyway. Yeah, right. Sports betting. Like was, marijuana. Sports, yeah. <laughs> I mean, people did drugs before it was legal, marijuana yeah. before it was legal, and people gambled long before it was legal. 100%. So whatever. Just ask Phil Mickelson. He'll tell yeah. you. We also had a major champion say that the, by the way, they like made this a headline that was clickbaity. The major champion was Jeff Ogilvy. Like, fuck off, guys. <laughs> like, no, you just say Jeff Ogilvy said it. But he said that the champions tour ratings can top the PGA tour when Tiger switches. Tiger's turning 48 in December, so he's two years I mean, away. he's, he, that's a bold statement. He's Huge. not wrong. It, it, he's not, I don't know about overtake. Yeah. But definitely going to change the dynamic of the champions tour. Yeah. You're going you're gonna to get more primetime vision of the champion. If Tiger commits to playing it, and mm-hmm. you better believe that there's going to be some, like the tour is going to be, Tiger, we need you to, you know, do a certain amount of tournaments, yeah. all this stuff, and get some guarantees because people are going to put some money behind that because they know people are going to watch it. Shit, I hope he does. I'll watch it. Yeah. 
I, I do think that there will be, because sometimes Champions Tour will, like, competes on Sundays with regular PGA Tour programming. I think there will be slow PGA Tour events where if Tiger is in a Champions Tour event on a Sunday, PGA Tour is not getting viewership. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, like, I, I remember, like, back when Hale Irwin was really good on the PGA Senior Tour, I watched a lot of those tournaments because yeah. he was dominant. A little bit, even, like, uh, Bernard Longer, although yeah. he got old, like, it's just he won too long, too fast, too many, too fa- long. And now I'm like, whatever, I don't yeah. care. My point is, if Tiger jumps into the senior tour, and I know there's going to be some commitment to play a decent amount of events, you better bet I'm going to be watching. I'm yeah, going to be watching that more than down. I watch the PGA Tour. I'll just be <laughs> honest. I just will. I don't blame you. Um, yeah. So other than that, guys, I mean, really not a lot going on in the golf world. I say that sitting here recording on a Wednesday. Who knows what's going to happen before we <laughs> before we post this right. podcast. But in the meantime, let's talk about some club champion news. I know we have some demos, so hit us with that. Yeah, so, uh, you know, it's a little bit slower time. I am seeing all the new stuff. I think I said this a little bit on the last podcast, whether it's, there's just so much good stuff. I know you can't say anything, but is there like a front runner for you right now? There is. Can you tell us? Don't say the name of the like model, but the model. So, okay. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to catch some flack. There's definitely, you don't have to answer it. I can edit it. No, no, no. I want to answer it. I want to answer it. So here's the thing. So when you look at like who has major launches, it's basically comes down to TaylorMade, Callaway and Cobra. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ping's launching an an extension of the driver line and there's some other stuff coming in different, but Long story short, those are your major three doing big launches in January. I will say this. I believe they're all very good. Mm -hmm. Okay. They always are. And this is without really much testing outside of some shots here and there because I haven't gotten, they come to us so early because they have to plan properly. Yeah. But most of the time they have very limited samples to show us. So like I only get to try a little bit here and there is just like a little bit tailor made. Is your leader? I just, it's, it's interesting. Like it's, I'm, I can't say anything more, but I can say that there's more variety Ooh. than they've ever had in their last couple, let's say four or five generations of shapes, sizes, what they're doing. And it's very intriguing to me. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, but like I said, the Callaway one looked really good. The, actually, the Cobra one looked there. It's more tr- like a traditional like I I just. Yeah, I, I think they're really they're all three really good. I, I was impressed by all three lines. Okay. There's just something like I felt like the one that made the biggest adjustment and is like trying to, you know, like change their kind of like the way they've done things for like the last let's call it since even like the M series. Okay. Like there's just more options and they look like they fit more variety of players because they have the different lines and they're very distinguished. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. So, so we don't have a lot of demos, but we have some BGT, which is, um, you know, stability putter shafts. They also make the BGT Bravo wood shafts, which are awesome. By the way, they had some new putter shafts come out the BGT one and the BGT Cobalt. Cobalt's just a blue one. It's really cool looking. It's kind of a nice blue. So we got those demos into the store for you guys to try and look at. Uh, Axiom, Fujikura Axiom, um, which is their Velocor iron shafts. It's not cheap, but it's awesome. They originally had launched a 125 part, like 125 gram parts for the better player, heavier, you know, steel, basically weight. They had trouble with the first batch. So they had us pull the demos and basically we just left the other two 95 and I think 
110 or 105, sorry. Don't remember it off the top of my head, but we left those in the store. They've been performing great. We sell a lot of them, but they finally got the 125 fixed. And basically when you do 125, it's so much graphite. Like there's just a lot that goes into it. So they weren't happy with how the first production came out. This one came out and now they're in stores. Cool. Mizuno Woods are finally hitting the store. So they have their STG nine and a half right-handed and STG three wood for folks that, you know, want to look at the Mizuno Woods. Here's what I can tell you about Mizuno Woods. Underrated ball speed wise, they're going to be very comparable to about anybody. Um, they are usually a little bit on the lower spinning side. So if you need something with a little lower spinning, definitely something to look at. But again, Mizuno's known for their irons. They never really put a lot of like marketing behind their woods necessarily. Yeah. So that's why, and they always launch them a little bit at a funny time, which they did. And then uh, I would say the other cool thing that we added is uh, if you've ever heard of the Japanese putter, uh, I'm sorry, grip company, Japanese grip company called No One. Um, we've had them for years, probably close to 15 years now. They're a really nice, like tacky Japanese fun colors grips. They are uh, getting into, um, they, they launched some new putter grips oh, and okay. I'd say they're pretty interesting. They're more of like the paddle and pistol, like, you know, kind of like, I, I hate to say it like a competitor, like, like a, like a super stroke ish, but they're really cool colors. They're really fun shapes and they're cool looking. Okay. Like, I think they're really neat. There's something if you're looking to spice up your putter. There's something that's pretty cool. Although I have a putter grips laying here on my desk that everybody that walks says it looks like a phallic symbol, uh, but, it does. um, <laughs> I can't talk about it, but it's Golf Pride's new putter grip, and it's uh, I'm really in love with that, but I can't talk about it because it doesn't launch till January. They're pretty cool. Well, let's but there's a lot of putter grips. So that's our demo world. That's, uh, again, not a whole lot going on right now in the demo world until new launches come in January. Yep. We have a ton of new stores, though, on the re- in the reverse. We have, like, more news than I think we've had in the last, like, three months we've been doing this podcast. A couple we've already talked about. So Sugarland, Texas is now open. Williston, Vermont is now open. I believe we've already referenced those two. Yep. Um, the new ones that are opening this week as of recording, Portsmouth and Frederick. So Frederick, Maryland. Um, Where's Portsmouth? New Hampshire. Is new Hampshire. First location. So this, <laughs> mu- or in the last like three or four weeks, we've opened our first Vermont location and now our first New Hampshire location. So we're in yep. two more states. What yep. is that now? And we've been in Maryland before, but Frederick, Maryland's a great trade area in Sugarland, Texas is for folks that don't know. That's like, uh, we'll call it North. It's like Northwest suburb of, uh, Dallas. So yeah. Yeah. So all of those stores have our usual new opening offer going on hundred dollar full bag with purchase or $50. Any other, uh, fitting Got type great fitters in there, go in yeah. there and take a look. Hopefully, uh, I'm excited to hear what the people of New Hampshire think. Yeah, it'll be good. And then we also, so a little bit more general for the entire country. We do have a Veterans Day offer, if you will. Thursday so is this Friday or next this, Friday? Uh, so Saturday. It's this Saturday. Saturday. Um, it's being observed by most of the country That's on why Friday. I'm thinking it's yeah. Friday. Club yeah, Champion yeah. doesn't get it off, but everybody right. else does. Right. <laughs> Um, so it's the Saturday, it's November 11th, but we're going to run basically a week or so of an offer for those people who are first responders, military veteran. We already have a first responder military program, but we're going to spice it up a little bit for veterans day. We'll be doing the same offer, which is 10% off of club heads as well as a free fitting. Um, if you make a purchase during that span of time. So anybody who is an active member a veteran or first responder of any kind, um, can take advantage of that. There's more information on our website, which is clubchampion.com. All right. Let's get into some yays and nays. I'm excited for this first one. I So the question for our listeners is yay or nay TGL's new format. I literally printed up all of their rules. Well, yeah, you need a book. 
Like, yeah. here, here's the thing. I'm excited about this. I think it's a great idea. I'm excited to watch it on Tuesday nights. There's normally not a lot to watch yeah. on Tuesday night. I think it's a very interesting format with where they're going to be basically hitting everything into a gigantic screen. And yes. then from like 97 yards in, they'll be hitting short shots. I also think it's it's cool that it's in a stadium, but it's going to be on real grass. They're basically bringing in real grass every yep. time. But when you look at the rules, it's like 15 holes, which that that part's fine. But nine holes is going to be like this three on three. And then six holes is going to be this like rotating yeah. singles. That's where it's like, don't make it too difficult. Yeah. Is this going to be too I, hard I, to follow? I can't say for sure because we have to watch and see how it goes. I just, when you read it on paper, you're like, there's yeah. a shot clock to it. Yep. I like that. I'll read, cool. I'll read some of these just for the sake of our listeners who haven't seen it. Um, but it sounds like we're both yays for the sake of the conversation, but yeah. they're going to be six, four player teams. They're going to be five regular season matches and two competing teams will name three competitors each. So even though there's four people on a team, only three people are competing each time. So Nick just said 15 hole scenario. It's a three on three match. There's two components. The first nine holes, as he said, was triples, which is three on three alternate shot. Second six holes is singles, which will feature a rotating head to head. Um, each hole essentially is worth one point. So this whole thing is going to be a point system. He, uh, Rory has come out and basically likened it to like the NHL kind of structure. There's obviously the team who has the fewest strokes on a hole is going to win that point. There's going to be an overtime tiebreaker, which is a three on three closest to the pin competition. If that's necessary, all matches will be played in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida at the SoFi Center. So that's Nick was just talking about. It's going to be in an arena. It's huge. Like you can fit a ton of people, like 1600 spectators in it. And then the course itself is basically it's it's a huge thing with all kinds of technology all over it. And it's the size of a football field. So you're literally going to hit from real grass tee boxes, fairway surfaces, rough and sand. And then essentially you're hitting into a screen that's 20 times the size of a standard simulator. And then when you get into Which like sounds super cool, crazy. And when you get into like the short game area, like you said, there's going to be like they transition into this like custom built green zone thing, which is 3,800 square feet, like technologically infused green that uses three virtual screens that are equipped with 198 actuators and jacks that change the slope of the green to create play like a variety of play on each hole. Yeah. So it's like it's basically robot golf. Yeah, no, I. Well, we have that, we have that, like one of those actuator greens here. I I don't know. I I think the whole thing is very cool. I'm a yay. Again, my only concern is, is a person that has uh, been in business a long time and made plenty of mistakes over the years, overcomplicating stuff. You want to make it easily adaptable for the consumer, right? Yeah. And, you know, my only concern is that'll be, is that going to be hard to follow? We'll see when it's actually on TV. Maybe they'll have an awesome, like, way of displaying what's going on. But yeah, I'm excited. Um, I'm a yay. I'm, I hope so. They haven't named as of recording. They haven't named their sixth team. They have Atlanta, Boston, LA, New York, San Francisco. Which have you been watching? I've been watching Chicago team. I've been watching some of that content and it's pretty, it's pretty decent. Like, okay. Yeah. But it's kind of funny. They put like, uh, I guess this is a little non PC in a way. Like, (laughs) I think it's hilarious. They put Rory on the Boston, like invaded basically the Celtics, Irish kind of team. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, (laughs) It, that's the toughest part. Like the, the whole, the team's coming from different. I get why they're doing it stuff. I agree with you. Will there be a Chicago team? I know. Like what? That yeah. feels like the only major, and not, this is obviously we're biased, but it feels like the only major market that's not represented. Right. Maybe by the time this releases, they'll have made that announcement. Yeah, but I, I mean, mean, Tigers had some plenty of wins in Chicago. You sure You think he'd show us some Chicago love. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's 24 players, right? And their names, you know, it's, it's Tiger, it's Rory, it's Rom, it's Patrick Cantlay, it's Morikawa, Ricky Fowler, Shane Lowry, like everybody, you know, Rom, obviously I think we talked about is out of it now. Sorry. I'm just reading an old list, but it's, I mean, you know, Cameron Young, Keegan Bradley, Billy Horschel, like these are names, you know, so this will be super interesting. Yeah. Big yay. All right. 
Yay or nay, spikeless golf shoes. Yeah, I mean, I play golf in sandals or barefoot sometimes, <laughs> so I don't care if they have spikes, spikeless, whatever. Yeah. As long as you're comfortable. And here's the deal. Like, when you're in today's, like, golf, you're using a lot of, like, they're teaching you to use a lot of ground force. Mm-hmm. There's some arguments that you don't necessarily want to be connected to the ground perfectly. Sure. Now, you have to have a good footing. You have to have stuff like that, so I'm not saying that, but... Like, yeah, I don't. I also practice barefoot. I don't play. I've never played barefoot, but my shoes are spikeless anyway. So I'm a yay. I, I think there's a, there are people out there who are staunchly in the other camp and will never wear anything other than spikes. But it's never been a thing that's affected me one way or another. Yay or nay, Alan Shipnuck's Live and Let Die book. So, I mean, I saw this and I was like, man, maybe that would be an interesting thing to read. Maybe it wouldn't. I don't know. Not, I don't really have a lot of time in my life to read anymore, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, whatever. I I didn't read the context. What What is the it, book's just about live, right? Yeah, it's about the whole process or whatever. And essentially like how Saudi Arabia got interested in the process of live becoming a thing. It's, I will not be buying it. I'm, I'm a yay in the sense that I'm all for free press or whatever, but I think that Alan Shipnuck has ruined his career. What? I just think, first of all, this this book and these interviews and what he was doing, like this is what started the shit show with Phil Mickelson. This is what started the shit show with Greg Norman. Like Isn't I think that Ellen, what he does. It, it is, but he had the reason he was able to write this book is because historically, as a journalist, he's had a ton of access to these players. They have shut him out, and and maybe that's fine. Like maybe all he needed was this swan song, and he's calling it a day because he's going to make enough money off of it. But like it feels to me that no one is going to give him access. Like, I don't know. So I just feel like it was kind of a. I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't care. I don't even know who Alan Shipnick is. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty, he's a pretty influential golf journalist. <laughs> yeah, but um, that's all fake news to me. I don't trust any of those people's opinion. Okay, They're fair just enough. trying to get clicks out of me. That could happen. <laughs> fair enough. Um, and then shifting out of golf news, yay or nay, the Cubs firing Rossi and signing Craig Council. Huge yay. You are? Here's the thing. Love Rossi. Well, by one game. Well, okay, that's fine. You you just got arguably the best, if not the second best manager in baseball. Oh, I love Rossi though. So do I. And I don't, I'm I'm not a huge fan of how this whole thing went down, but I'm guessing it was a, it was what it was. It was great to have Grandpa Rossi come in <laughs> and do this. And listen, I'll always be thankful for what he brought to the city of Chicago and all that. But let's let's call a spade a spade. He's a he's a newer, you know, whatever. He might be back in Chicago someday. Yeah. The point is, is you have a chance to get a guy like Craig Consul who took a small market, not a lot of money, and has made a powerhouse out of him. Dude, I, I'm. <sighs> we'll see. I'm a huge yay. <laughs> I'm a huge yay on it. I this is I very rarely ever take the meh stance because I have yet to see what he's going to do with the team. I'm. This is a positive team. It's young. Whatever. We have a lot of. There, there's no, really no ceiling for what we can do as far as it goes. So like, we'll see what he does. But like Rossi, I'm a little sad about it. So we'll see. No, I mean, I get it. I mean, I, I, I feel bad for him too. It feels like we've completely dismantled the 2000, like with him going the 2016, like yeah, vibe it, is when gone. you're putting like the contract you put in front of Craig council. Oh, it's the, he's the highest paid manager. In when history. you do, when you make a commitment to do that, you know, the Cubs are firing back up to go after another title. 100%, yeah. So like, that's what gets me excited. Like, you what was it, like, listen, million, if they would have just like done, if they would have gotten about anybody else, yeah. maybe um, there might be two other managers that I could have, I, I would say the same thing that I would say about Craig. Other than that, I would have said they would have just done it. I would have been like, what a, that's so stupid. Terrible, makes no yeah. sense. Terrible. The fact that it was Craig Council, the fact that they did it the way they did it, meaning like they just went after because Craig was being sought after like mm-hmm. 
by multiple teams. In fact, the Mets who have like one of the biggest assholes going <laughs> as an owner, but can write any size check he wants. Yeah. That's a statement saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to rebuild here. I agree, but I'm still a meh. We'll I see know. how it goes. <laughs> I know it's sad for Ross. Um, he'll land on his feet. He will. He'll go somewhere else. Yeah. He'll get more experience. Who knows? Yep. And then lastly, yay or nay Christmas decor up before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, I I don't get as hung up on this one. Now, when people start doing it like in October, it mm-hmm. starts to drive me nuts. <laughs> when people do it, usually probably in the first week of November, it's still kind of like a little bit like I've already seen the shift in places. Last weekend, I was down on my farm and I was walking into like, I don't know, like Ace, Ace Hardwares and like these little tractor supply places. And it's like, they already have Christmas stuff out. I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, it's been out since but October. <laughs> to be honest with you, like we we do most of our Christmas decorating the weekend of Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, I mean, yeah. So, if it's a little before, I get it. Maybe life's just busy. So you're like, I'm going to do it the weekend before. Doing it, like, if I were to put up my tree right now, that's insane. Now, I agree. what I do is I think people take the stuff down too fast. I like riding it into at least mid-January, if not a little deeper into January. It just keeps that festive feeling. I like the tree's lights. Okay. I don't yeah. mind that. Yeah. I am a nay, which is... We've talked before about how I put my Halloween dec- decor up in my house in like July, but that's in my house. So I'm I'm really talking about stuff that's external that other people can see. I'm a nay having things up before Thanksgiving. I'm like you the day after Thanksgiving. So Black Friday is when I yep. like that's my decorating day. Right. So like I there's like a tradition there for me that I try to adhere to my only exception. And we saw it this last weekend here in the Midwest, like I said, it snowed on Halloween, but then we had a couple of days last weekend that were in like the sixties, which for us in November is warm. Right. So we saw a lot of people out putting up Christmas lights because there was an opportunity to do it without freezing your ass off and slipping off your roof because it's icy. Yeah. So that is the one exception, but at the same time, do you need to turn the lights on yet? No, just put them up. Just, just put them up. You don't need to turn them on. Yeah. I don't do as much outdoor stuff as I do indoor. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't really matter. You can put your indoor shit up in like May and no one knows but you. Right. You know, um, that wouldn't bother me, but I am in nay. I'm the same as you. I walk into stores. Like I was walking into a store and we had a Halloween party and I needed to get some supply or whatever for the Halloween party. And I walked into whatever store I was going to on like October 20th and all the Halloween stuff was gone. And all the Christmas stuff was, so we skipped Thanksgiving entirely <laughs> and all of the Christmas stuff was already in. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. No, it's, it's Hate that. they work quick. Yeah. Awful. So nay, but you know, we'll see what happens as we get closer. I'm sure the festivities will seep into my personality and I'll be more excited about it. <laughs> all right. We have three questions today. This is a timely one. What is the benefit of getting fitted in the off season? You know, I think everybody's talking about this right now. I think our counterparts over at uh, that other podcast we have, what's it called? <laughs> the Tour Experience Podcast. Tour Experience <laughs> one. Um, and then I saw Golf Digest wrote an article on this. I've preached it for 25 years that I've had this business. This is just as good as any to get fitted. Yep. I mean, you know your golf swing at this point. You know where you're at. The only argument is, I don't want to wait for the new products. I'm going to tell you right now, when you get properly fit, golf is a math equation, okay? A golf ball flying is no different than a plane taking off a runway and staying in the air. It's just not. And so when you get properly fit, I think most people think when they get fit, and I've said this a million times, oh, they're going to measure my wrist to floor. They're going to have me hit a couple balls, bend the lie, and then they're going to tell me I got 10 yards and I'm going to buy it, right? Or maybe not. But the point is, is like, that's not how a true fitting goes. Like what we're truly fitting is once we understand your your swing and your club head speed, 
we know what optimal is. Like we know what ball speed you should be at to be optimal and using everything you got. We know what launch you should have, what spin you should have, all this stuff. And so I always tell people, I go, you're going to go get fit and you're going to get made optimal, mm-hmm. right? By you waiting, you're just potentially, because that product may no longer be there. And now all of a sudden it might be harder to get to optimal or we might not get there at all. Right. Like if you're waiting for new product, it's more of a vanity weight than it is anything. It's not like the new stuff comes out all of a sudden, you're going to hit it way better if you just got fit. Right. So my point is, is like, go get fit now, get optimal now, by the way, you're going to, it'll make you like what I've seen over the years is people get their clubs in like uh, October, November, December, it gets them spice up. Oh, to maybe go on a golf trip, maybe go to the range more like a heated range or like a dome or a simulator place and practice. And in that way, when you get out and start playing your more regular season, man, it's, you're ready to go. Yeah. But like people are like, oh, I'll just wait for the new stuff to come out or I'll wait. For, well, now, hey, will that stuff be as good as stuff is for now? Behind the eight ball of learning and getting used to it. And you're, you're wasting half your season getting used to new equipment. Right. You know your golf swing right now. So come in, get fit, get optimized. Again, this isn't about like the associates going to be like, oh, yeah, you gained 10 yards. Go buy this. No, no, no. What is optimal? Is it 10 yards? Is it 15 yards? Is it 20 yards? Can we hit it straighter? Can we have a better landing? Whatever it is. We can get you to optimal and by waiting, you're just waiting to get to optimal or maybe not even getting there. Who right. knows? But yeah. get in there and get done and, you know, enjoy the off season a little bit, get used to your clubs. And that way, you know, you're ready to go. And from a financial standpoint, there's pretty much always off season. Well, offers. that's, that's another good portion of the place. I mean, the last couple of years with COVID, they haven't had that luxury, but like, I mean, you look at the net downs right now. I mean, basically all the drivers, a hundred bucks came off them in the last couple of yeah. weeks. Well, and you're also um, getting fitting discounts too, because yeah, it's like Black Friday's coming and holiday equipment discounts. I mean, listen, this is to me again, you know, your game right now, you've played a lot of golf. This is a good time to come in. It's not to say we can't fit you when your game's not, but it's going to be a lot easier and you're going to feel a lot better about the fit when you've done it before. Yeah. How much research is too much research before a fitting? (laughs) Here's the thing. Go, you you can go, you don't need to do any research. You can come (laughs) in and, and talk to the fitter, create a relationship. And we're going to show you, again, we're going to show you to optimal and what products get you to optimal and why they get you there. Right. It's all going to be explained. There ain't going to be anything hidden about it, but you know, if you want to, I tell people all the time, if you want to go out there, take a look, do some research, that's fine. Come in with an idea. Listen, we're going to ask you in our sit down, when we sit down and before we go into a fitting bay, we're going to ask you, is there any products you've been interested in? Anything you've seen you like? Honestly, it's a fire starter for us because what we want to do is a, we want to make sure we try the things you want to try. If you want to try, if there's certain things, but at the same time, it's a chance for us to, to open up the door and say, Hey, that's great. You have this stuff, but no, We're brand agnostic, which means we're going to go in there and again, it goes back to the math equation. We got certain numbers we got to hit and certain products are going to do certain things that other products aren't going to do. Yeah. And so we are going to make, we're going to use the products that are necessary to get to that optimization. Now, if we can do it with the brands that you like or the things you like, fantastic. We check both boxes, right? So that's good to know, but you can't, I guess what's how much research, too much research. When you come in and go, I have to have this. Yeah. A hundred percent. That's fine. We'll sell it. We'll show it to you. We'll sell it to you. You're not going to like it because it won't perform like the best stuff, but we'll try to marriage it, but just don't go overboard. Just get a feel for what you like. And you know, that way you can answer the question of, well, I've seen this. I kind of like that. Yeah. Okay. We'll make sure we try it, but we might show you that, Hey, that's not going to get our launch or our spin or our ball speed where we need it. 
whatever it is and go from there. Yeah. I think anybody who does research on how to prepare for their fitting, I'm fine with that. That's, that's fine. Like, you know, you need to stretch, you know, you need to not be tired. You know, you need to bring your whole bag. You need to bring your glove. If you play with stuff like that, like you would be surprised at how many, maybe you wouldn't be surprised. I don't know how many first time fatigues come in unprepared. Like that stuff is fine. But to Nick's point, like if you're sitting there going, Oh, you know, Titleist has this, 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 and this, that's all I want to try. It's like, well, you can go to a demo day to do that, but odds are we're going to be able to find something that's better, you know, based on your game. That's not to say Titleist can't work. If people like the chase, then go do what you need to do. Some people like the chase of going out and researching and doing all that. To me, that's the whole waste of time. I don't have time for that in my life in general. So when I, when I have my hobbies, I find people that I trust and places that I trust and I go there and they do it. That was the whole, that's one of the biggest premises behind club champion is to have a trusted resource fitter that is going to lead you to getting optimized and show you and educate you why. And so it can save you all that time. But again, Mm -hmm. if you want to go do it, my biggest thing is don't come in predetermined. Like that's where it gets dangerous. And then that's where you start spending money on things that don't help you. Mm -hmm. And you start ended up getting clubs that aren't really helping your game. And it's just a waste of money. And lastly, I'm actually really excited about this question. (laughs) Super weird question. Here we go. (laughs) Who would play you in a movie about your life? And what actors would play Joe Lee, our chairman of the board, who we speak about constantly on this podcast? And who would play your wife? I'm so excited if she so listens I to this think, podcast. <laughs> I, think, I think I would be like a mix between Kevin James and Chris Farley. Oh my God, Kevin James was who I yeah. had for you. Kevin James and with like a little, maybe a touch of Chris Farley like in Chris there. Chris Farley, yeah. Yeah, and then my wife is probably like Melissa McCarthy. Uh, she's a jokester, but she also can tell you to shut the fuck up really fast. (laughs) Um, and kind of can be loud and boisterous like that. So I'd probably say like a Melissa McCarthy. Joe was a harder one for me because I actually could think of a bunch of different people make arguments and really make fun of them. them. (laughs) No, I don't know if I want to do that. Joe's kind of like a quiet, like it was weird. Like a John Voight came to mind. Um, I don't know why, but John Voigt came to mind, not from a look standpoint, like that. That's not even saying that necessarily, just like a personality wise. I I like that option. We had, so my answer was Brian Cranston. Okay. Brian Cranston's a good one. I can see that. And this is going to be a weird thing, especially for people who know Joe, but like Brian Cranston has good dad energy, but he's also terrifying. Yeah. Not that I'm scared of Joe. I love Jolie, but like he has that mode and I'm here for it. And Brian Cranston is the danger. So like <laughs> I can see it. Um, well, and Brian Cranston comes off as like a nerd. Sort of. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, he was Malcolm's dad. And Malcolm yeah. Middle. And like, uh, I can see Joe kind of fits that mold sometimes too. He can be uh nerdy. The other one was Pierce Brosnan, but that's no this is, the only reason we say that is because I can't Pierce let Brosnan, him have that. Pierce, well, hey, Pierce Brosnan's very handsome, but he's also usually tan and Jolie plays a lot of golf and yeah. he's always tan. Right. <laughs> so that's why. Yeah. I, I, Joe was the hardest one, like, because he is unique and there's multiple sides. Like I truly believe sometimes Jolie has like multiple personality syndrome. Oh boy. I always joke. There's work Joe. There's Red Bull vodka Joe. There's. <laughs> golf course Joe there's and each Joe is a little different and you get a little (laughs) bit of different vibe feel personality out of each one of them and so that's where like I would have to break up my different types of Joe's And then have different actors. So it's it. that M. Night Shyamalan movie split. Where yeah, like I mean, kind of is. Yeah. 
There's the multiple edges of Joe Lee. I um, strongly recommend to all of our listeners to just just go w- walk to your partner and be like, this is who I think should play you in a movie and let the fight ensue and just see where it takes you. <laughs> yeah, no, this, this was an interesting one. And like I said, I Kevin James is like a little subdued. Uh, he's probably a little bit more subdued than me. That's why I said if you took like Kevin James and sprinkle a little Farley in him where he's a little loud and boisterous sometimes. Yeah, that would be like the perfect. And like Stacy's kind of the same. Melissa McCarthy kind of rides that world of, you know, being loud, boisterous, but also jokey. Yeah. And so that'd be that's perfect for her. But yeah, I don't know. Joe's a tough one. I agree, but is that that's why you put this on here? And that's this why was, I thought like Voight, like he he's played like so many different parts of like the good guy, the fun guy, the you know bad guy. Yeah. The that's the only reason why I was thinking about him. But yeah, I'm glad this question was not levied at me because I don't have an answer. So you don't? Why don't you have an answer? For like who would play me? Yeah. I, I mean, I the people. So there's two people that everybody tells me I look like. I don't know that that's necessarily the question, but one of them is Kristen Stewart, the girl okay. from Twilight. Okay. When she had long brown hair, not okay. anymore. She's got blonde hair. Um, and then my facial structure is Alicia Silverstone from Clueless. So I have kind of the same like oh. face shape as her. Um, I don't know that either one, like Kristen Stewart definitely doesn't have my personality. Like I'm pretty chill, but she's the chillest. And that's she, like, I'm too bubbly for that. I think anybody that's super socially awkward and talks a lot, pick anybody, any actress that fits that role. That's me. So it could be pretty much anybody who's famous right now because that's kind of a vibe at the moment. (laughs) Like an Anna Kendrick or whoever. Like it could be any of those people. Oh, that is. Oh, from Pitch Perfect. He was also in Twilight, actually. Oh, yeah. (laughs) The little redhead girl. I actually, here's a funny, I mean, I'm weird with movies. I love Pitch Perfect movies. There's nothing weird about that. I support (laughs) this I think they're great. Me and my (laughs) wife watch them. I, I think they're fantastic and I don't care. Love that for you and for yeah. her. That's amazing. Yeah. All right, guys, that's all we have for you this week. Um, next time you, we will be hearing from Sam Bettinardi, the president of Bettinardi Golf and someone that we have a great relationship with. So stay tuned for that. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to Fits with the Founder. Remember to rate, review and subscribe to support our show. And if you want more equipment content, check out Club Champion Media on all of your favorite socials. I got my-